it starts with one I don't know why it doesn't even matter how hard you try keep that in mind I'm designed as prime to explain in due time The pendulum swings Watch it count down to the end of the day The clock takes life away It's so unreal Didn't look out below Watch the time go right out the window Trying to hold on Didn't even know I wasted it all Just to watch you go I kept everything inside And even though I tried It all fell apart What it meant to me Will eventually be a memory of a time I tried so So you guys will probably uh, understand the uh, meaning about this song later in the episode. Um, there's a little bit of meaning to it with what the topic's going to be. But welcome to anybody, everybody live and in the recording uh, to another episode of Reality Check. My name is Johnny Florida, and this is going to be a pretty good episode. I really enjoy every episode I've done so far. I think the worst one would probably be the religions episode just because it was so much, you know, like walking on eggshells, glass, broken glass, stuff like that is what it felt like. But I, I enjoyed that episode too. But this episode, we're going to get into um, 
is probably is something that I guarantee every single person listening, every single person on the planet is, is dealt with. And um, there's no doubt about that. And it deals with standards and expectations. You know, now we've I've done previous episodes about fame and notoriety, and that was about you know the the, the spark for that came from uh, you know watching the TV series of the assassination of Gianni Versace and uh, his killer, who I still won't name. Um, although doing a psychoanalysis of him in many ways and, and research definitely helped give me a better perspective of what the guy was thinking. That doesn't mean I condone it far from it, but it helped me analyze the reasons and why. You know, there are people who have some thoughts like that, many thoughts um, that want to push and get some kind of fame and notoriety. And that falls in the realm of standards and expectations. Um, Talk about relationships and stuff like that. There's going to be a couple of episodes I've previously done for the reality check that's going to come into play for this. And there's going to be talking about some pros, probably mostly cons when it comes to this. But there's going to be a couple of pros with certain things because – we got to look at the extremes from both ends. High expectations, low expectations. High standards, low standards. Mediocre, mediocre standards, mediocre expectations. You know, good, bad, high, low, red, black, uh, blue, stuff like that. You know, um, and, and I, we tend to do that every episode. I think we've had a couple where we didn't, but that's because it was basically a one-sided. So, but um, yeah, I hope you guys have been enjoying yourself. Um, I played the song. Uh, in the end by Linkin Park uh, starting off this episode um, one I really like the song um, Linkin Park's the first band that my dad and I ever I guess you could say bonded over you know I had the music I liked at the time he had the music that of his time that he still enjoyed and when he uh, I remember he was st- uh, you know Linkin Park and everything we were taking a road trip up to, to Lake upstate New York and then up into Canada and we were playing In the End by Linkin Park. And he's like, oh, okay, this is pretty good. And he got into Linkin Park. That was the first time my dad ever got into modern music. And we're talking like, God, I moved out of New York in 2004. This had to be like 2002. This had to be 2002. So we're talking six years after Linkin Park debuted. And keep in mind, In the End was made, was it, 99, 2000? So it was only a couple of years old. So, but yeah, in any case... Uh, there's going to be a, a, a reason for it, you know, and maybe you guys are smart enough to already figure it out. And that's not saying those who haven't figured it out yet are dumb, far from it. But if you can figure out what my reasoning is behind it, then you're already thinking ahead. But how I got inspired by this episode is my new job. You know, I'm working, you know, like I, I got, I, I'm back in the logistics world and everything. And I got a new higher job and everything, um, you know. The work hours are definitely different than most normal. I get more days off, but I'm working longer days, so there's that. So plus minus, um, I'm not getting every weekend off, and I've never been one to say that I have to have the weekends off. In fact, how often do we have uh, like errands and things we need to get done? And the fact is, a lot of them you can only get done during the weekday, so you have to take vacation time or leave without pay or whatever stuff like that, you know. Um, and I hope you're doing in there a pretty good, Vic. Um, but this episode got me inspired because as I'm getting situated in and talking with my coworkers and listening and seeing what they got going on, seeing some of the gripes and concerns, you know, there's some things being worked on as far as trying to get new uh, uh, employee benefits or raises and everything. And I'm not complaining too much. You know, there's a couple, I mean, first off, I'm new into this exact position. So, you know, how can I com- complain? But I mean, at the same time, the overall things are pretty good. I can't complain. You know, I mean, they're good stuff. You know, I mean, could we get more? Sure. 
But that's what got me into the idea of stands and expectations. And let's point something out. There were two kinds of standards and expectations. Well, both on the uh, uh, one going up. I mean, there's three kinds. I mean, there's low expectations, low standards when you don't expect much. But then there's also two of the other ones when it comes to demanding standards. One is fair. When you're demanding or requesting or wanting fair standards, fair expectations, you know, you're asking for what you think is a fair amount, what you think you're deserving, what you think you've earned, stuff like that. Okay. And maybe they won't, they don't want to give you that much, but maybe they want to compromise, stuff like that. You can work with that. But then there's the high standards, high expectations. And we have that in so many things. Like I said, in relationships, in work, in pay, in property, in life, in itself, in, in so many different things, you know. And I just want to go over it, uh, and that's what's going to be for this, is the expectations that we hold in life. You know, like, for example, one thing is we people have a high expectations to what they enjoy in their lives. For example, I people know I become a wine connoisseur, and I am standing, uh, sitting, standing, I'm sitting here with a glass, my first time trying Romanian wine, uh, you know, uh, Rekas. It's the first time I ever tried it. I got recommended it. I went to... Uh, wine store yesterday and oh my god I was in heaven there's thousands of bottles um, and they recommended this one now this bottle is pretty good it's only $15 though you know this exact one I bought another one as well and they got some high quality ones from the same uh, company it's not the best tasting I've ever had it's actually a little I don't want to call it bland you know it's not as sweet it's not as strong but, it, I mean, it, I'm not going to complain. Overall, I like it, you know. I mean, would I want to have high expectations and everything? Sure. But, again, I didn't pay a lot for it. So, I'm not going to hold a high standard for it. It's my first time trying a Romanian wine. And maybe this one itself isn't pre- is, is, is okay. Maybe it's not good. Whatever it may be. I could probably get another w- wine bottle from a different batch of the exact same. It's a Pinot Noir. You know, maybe I'll buy the exact same kind of bottle but it's from a different batch and it comes out better maybe I'll buy a different Romanian wine and it comes out better but I'm not holding a high standard to this wine because it was a $15 bottle it's a it's good for its value and more I would you know judging by the taste of it if they told me uh, yeah next time you gotta pay $20 I would go man eh, that's fair tastes good enough but other people now, let's be fair. This was a $100 bottle. This better be delicious. You know, I better be drinking fruit punch at that point in wine. But um, side note, Starling Castle sweet red wine, amazing. It's like it's like Kool-Aid. Um, but um, there are people that will say, you know, I demand the highest of quality. The You know, um, that I have to have brand name, famous name, the highest quality. Then, you know, um, I must have Don Perignon. I must drink uh, Camus every day. I must have the highest quality of shoes. I have to have the highest quality of a car. It must be a big name, a rich name. I need to have the best kind of mattress. I got to have the best kind of ice cream. There are people who go out of the way and spend extra money on haagen just because it's the standard that they have held to it. It's the standard of that they must have the better brand name. Now, for the record, you could have a, a thing of haagen and it's a delicious flavor and you just like it because it's that good. Sure, go for it. But there are people who are mad that they will not take cheap brand name, you know, Walmart great value ice cream just because it, they have to be known for having brand name and the higher quality. You know, there are people like that. 
You know, it was one of the analyses analyses of uh, Versace's killer was that he was like that. You know, and they even incorporated that into, uh, uh, you know, when, after they're talking like his mother and fa- and friends and stuff like that, find out that that's how he was. They incorporated that into the TV series of uh, American Crime Story. You know, there are people like that. They hold a high standard because they demand to live that high standard. You know what I mean? And you know, I'm making a big, big composite intro like I'm doing with this and getting into it, but I want to break it down into the sections as well. I've broken it down to four sections right now. We could probably find more. We'll make that five because we're going to get into the pros and cons at the end of these ones. But I'm talking about relationship standards, work standards, wealth and possession standards, which I'm getting into when it comes to the hog and dust and age standards. You know, now keep in mind, again, this is not this episode is not to say that standards and expectations are wrong. But at the same time, there were times or an amounts where it's crazy. And then people will judge their own value, judge their own self by a certain lack. And keep in mind, I'm guilty of this too. I fucking know I'm guilty of this. I've done it myself. You know, I'm not one of the demands that I have to have all the money in the world. You know, uh, great example, because we're wrestling fans. Look at Bret Hart. Bret Hart never had high standards on himself, depending on how much he was making in money. You know. Kevin Nash and, and Scott Hall would complain to Brett saying, you got to lead the charge. you got to ask for more money because they can't get more money because if they did, they were only so little behind, uh, so much behind um, Brett Hart, and he was the world champion. If they're trying to get more than him, it's not going to make sense. But if Brett can get more money, but he didn't care about that. All he cared about was being the champion. He didn't care about how much money he made as long as he made a fair amount and he was the world champion. That was his standard. I have to be the champion. So... That was a possession standard in a way and a value standard not based off of money but based off of a certain item, a certain title, you know, like nobility. You know, I have to be a baron or a count or a duke, you know. Uh, People marry into a family, into a royal family just so they can get a title of a duke or a duchess. Wink, wink, wink. Think about the most recent one. (sighs) What notification did I just get? I don't care about that. There we go. But I'm let's let's start off with the the wealth and possession standards and expectations. People have this this quarrel with themselves that after a certain a period of time, they have to meet certain things. They have to have so much. I have to have X amount of money. I have to have X amount of goods. I have to have big name goods. I have to have <clears throat> high quality goods. I I, I mean, uh, how often do you hear this? There are people that I know. By the time they were 25, they had to be married, they had to have kids, they had to have a high-paying job if it was a guy or a girl, you know. But a lot of the girls I know, they, they did like that traditional idea of being ma- being a stay-at-home mom, you know, not wanting to work. You know, just being a mom, they love the idea of being a mom, there's nothing wrong with that part. But that's what they want, they wanted the traditionalness, you know. Not the old-school traditionalness too much, but the traditional of getting married, having kids, having a house, and not going to work. That's what they wanted, like that. And, I, and I've known some guys who are Mr. Mom, so I'm not even trying to make it sound like I'm one-sided, but I know a few guys personally that wanted to become a Mr. Mom. You know what I mean? Again, nothing wrong with that. Um, now, that's an age thing. I'm going to get into that in a section, in a session. But in the wealth and possessions, people are like, I have to have a house. I had to have, um, you know, at 25 years old or something like that, you know, at a certain point, like I demand, I need to be owning a house. I need to have X amount of money in the bank. I need to have, um, 
uh, this kind of job. People go to college or certain things because they got certain plans for themselves. You know, now there's nothing again. I, I mean, now I'm not trying to say going to college is bad or something like that. But there are people who are like, I have to have a college degree because I have to be smarter than everyone. I have to be better than everyone. They want to get a certain job because, you know, l- look at what we got right now. Um, and I'm, I promise this is not trying to get into like um, economic politics. Far from it. But we are at a decrease of blue collar work. And that's because a part of the part of the standard that kids have made with themselves, and the parents are guilty too. My parents are kind of guilty of it as well. Parents want their kids to be doing better off than them, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's probably the most noble thing, you know. You want to make sure your kids are better off than you. That's selfless. That's a good thing. But a lot of kids get in their heads. Then I have to have a white collar job. If even working as an intern in an office is better than the highest paid plumber, plumbers make seventy. $80 an hour sometimes, you know, depending on the work. You know, electricians get shocked for $50, $60 an hour, and God help us if they're able to make double time. They're making bank during that time, but probably getting shocked more. Um, so many electrodes in their body over time, you know, they're just walking static shock at that point. Um, you know, they're, they're, but they think that way. That's their standard in a wealth or a possession, the possession being the job. And let's get into the work standard as well, you know. But like, let's look at this, and I'm I'm really starting to intermingle all these, and I really want to keep them separate. So let's back to the wealth and everything. What kind of car? You know, my first car, uh, full out. My first car. My parents bought it for me when I was 17, because uh, I was getting into high school. At this point, I was already in the. I was already. I already joined the army. Okay, I was in the delayed entry program, which meant I committed myself to the army once I graduated high school. You know, my parents bought me my first car, a white 1997 Suzuki Sidekick. Look it up. You know, it's kind of like a think of it like a Japanese way of kind of like the older Land Rover, not high quality, far from like that. But you know, like a an an, an a four by four off roading mini SUV car. This thing could take a pounding, and she was a fun car. You know, Chevy was a good car, um, and that was good. The the standard was that I was doing better than some other kids because. I had a I had a car. My parents bought it for me because I was doing good. You know, I was in ROTC. I changed my life around. I was doing good in high school. I joined the army. Eventually, got into the sheriff's explorers that year. My life was busy with a lot of good things. So they they did buy me the car and everything. You know, I know a lot of people they got to buy their own car. You know, my parents it was you know, they did buy it for me and everything. And I'll admit that and I'm grateful. Um, but then it's like I went on and I got a Jeep, and then uh, when I was in Germany. Then after my Jeep, I got out. I was out of the army. I was going to St. Leo. I traded my Jeep and I got a Dodge Challenger. You know, loved that car. Oh my God, she was a one. She's a wonderful car. I sold her, and now I have my Camaro. You know, those are the cars that I have owned in my life. The first car my parents bought for me. The rest of them was all on me. You know, my money. There were a lot of people that they demand to have that high quality thing. I need a Camaro now, and it's like the your your girl. Dude, you're 18. Why must you have it now? Well, because I have to be better. Than I have to show. I need a BMW. I need a Mercedes. I need a Porsche. It's uh, First off, the big thing is it's got to be like a foreign car. You know, that's a big one for them. A foreign car. You know, few American cars do, pe- do people who think that they're high quality one. It's got to be a muscle or a sports car like a Camaro, like a Dodge Challenger, like a Mustang. Usually it's like I got to have a BMW. I got to have a Ferrari. I got to have a Lamborghini. Now, those last two are crazy because you're talking – Minimum $60,000 if you're lucky for a used. Um, but the rest of them, it's like they got to have those high-quality things. It's a standard. You know, like uh, 
uh, what kind of house? Okay, you know, like, is it a small house? Is it a big house? Are you talking 1,200 square feet of living space? Are we talking 1,800? Are we talking 2,400? Are we talking two bedrooms? Are we talking three bedrooms? Are we talking four bedrooms? Is it a two-car garage? Is it a three-car garage? I mean, can does it have a pool? Does it have a jacuzzi? Is there solar panels? Uh, the last part I kind of like. I want solar panels. You know, is it a house? Is it a condo? Is it, you know, renting or owning? Is it an apartment? Are you renting uh, a house or are you paying for the house? Are you get renting a condo? Do you own a condo? You know, do you want a, a decommissioned fire station as your house? I mentioned that one because I love that idea. I would love to do that. Get like an old firehouse and turn it and turn it into an actual house. You know, just slide on down the, the emergency pole to get down to your car, down and in, down into the lot and everything. Oh, that's fucking awesome. You know, just, you know, I, I love that idea. I love the idea of converting an old, like a, like a police station or a, or a fire station or something or a factory building or something like that and turn it into a house. Not a church. I've seen people do that. That's weird. I can't do it with a church. You know, too many funerals have been in churches. I can't do that. Um, you know, and Dave, no, uh, it's said differently. You know, cabbage baggage garage. Anyway, um, but, you know, you got a lot of people that that demand all these things, like the house, the amount of money, the kind of car. And like I mentioned, even down to the littlest things, I have to have famous brand ice cream, big name brand shoes. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, I go to Walmart every so often just to buy some clothes and everything. I buy some nice shirts and everything made by some brand company called George. That's literally it. You know, cheap, but they're nice stuff, you know. Any, like 15 to 17 dollars i got some high quality suits i went to men's warehouse to, people and i spent like 1600 dollars um a couple of years back and i bought a number of suits high quality okay i've done that you know but most of my my leisure stuff and everything just simple stuff but people like no they got to go to men's warehouse all the time they got to go to uh nordstrom's all the time they got to go to american uh, get american eagle or whatever they have to get the highest quality you know they just can't get a simple timex or a cheapo watch or whatever they have to get rolex they have to get famous name brand stuff you know um there's a lot of people that down to like that that's a stand that's a high stance they have now again let's look at the low side there were people like oh, it doesn't matter like i mentioned i buy some simple clothing you know i'll get the george brand stuff from walmart it's good clothes it's comfortable you know, and it's fair price, seventeen dollars for a shirt. Still sounds a little high price in some aspects, but that's only. But me, that's only because of the fact that I'm a cheapskate. You know, I donate to charity a lot, so don't get me wrong. I do stuff like that, but I mean, when it comes to myself, I'm a cheapskate, uh, outright. Uh, but sometimes I go out and I get something good. I went to Chili's for lunch today rather than just making a simple sandwich. I could have done that. Now let's be fair. I just had like a small lunch dinner thing uh, right before going on the air. Where I um, literally just melted down some cheese, put in some pepperoni, some seasoning, a little bit of hot sauce, mixed it up and everything. You know, there's that too. Uh, but, they, but you know, it's like that. Now, chilies is not it's not high quality, but it's high quality compared to what I just had because of the fact that I'm a cheapskate. But I did that. Maybe I'll go and do some ultimate fancy. Maybe I'll go to a, a spend a lot of money at a Red Lobster or a Romano's or, God, what was that Italian place I used to go to in Wesley Chapel? That was high quality good place too the money was there you know there were all these things um you know and Vic is in the chat she's mentioning Kmart sweatpants there you go thank you you know um but there were people like I said so there were people who have the lowest standards and it's not low in the negative it's like 
it's not low like I just have low standards for what I wear or what I drive. No, it's just like I just don't have to have high standards. That's what it is. It's the glass half full. It's like I don't need high standards. Well, the, I consider that low standards. Well, I consider you a fucking dick. You know what I mean? Uh, Wombat in the chat. If you know how to shop, you can get legit high-end clothes for damn near the same price as the cheapest label, cheaper labels. Exactly. Thank you. You know? Uh, proving the point right there. Um, but there are people that that's just how it is. They have to have these quality things. They have to have the big names. You know? Because it screams better. You know? How about the notion? Here's another one. How about the notion of I have to have like 20 throw pillows on my on my bed. I have to make my bed and I have to have all these throw pillows and everything and look nice. You know, I remember that Jim Gaffigan did a bit about that one time. He's like, because his wife did that. And he goes, why do we need all that? You know, well, like, well, you know, in case people come over, you know, how it's like, how often are you giving a uh, how often are you giving tours of our bedroom? You know? Uh, oh, this is where the baby making happens, and this is where we, you know, this is where we have all of our nice pillows. Like, oh my god, I didn't know they were doing that good. They got like 40, 50 pillows on that bed. Whew. You know, like, why, why do we need all this stuff unless we're stockpiling for the global pillow fight, you know? Uh, which, that was a, that's right there, Jim Gaffigan. But that's true, you know, there are people who think like that. You have to get the highest quality of bed and bed frame. Now, look, I got a great mattress right now. You know, maybe we'll point out, my parents will point out, even Daniel Tosh made the joke, you know, it's a third of your life that you spend, if you think about it, you could sleep eight hours a day, you know, spend the money. Now, that about makes sense, but, like, I had to get a big, beautiful bed frame. I had to get all this. Look, I got a bed, I got a mattress, and a bed spring. That's it. I got the bed frame with wheels and everything. I can put it, I can put it on, but I don't like that. I actually like the fact of being lower to the ground on the bed. I like the fact of just being able to jump on the bed and just relaxing or whatever. You know, I, I actually am much more comfortable with it. I don't want the bed frame. I don't need like a full out bed frame, you know, a, a backboard, a headboard, anything like that kind of stuff, you know, high quality look of it. I don't need you know, the bottom bed frame, like, okay, here's the benefit of the bottom bed frame, you know, with the wheels and everything. If you need to move the mattress and everything, it's a lot easier. If you want to put stuff underneath, there you go. Those are the benefits. I get that. But like me, it's, a, you know, and Vic is saying, you know, low standards and stuff, you know, I mean, I can just, you know, be calm with what I got. It's okay. I, I don't need all that. But there were people who have to have that. There are going to be people who come over my house and, uh, and look around and be like, wow, you ain't got much. And it's like, uh, thank you. You know, I don't need all that. You know, here's one of the other things, too. Like, here's a high standard that I have by myself. I travel. I have to travel every year. I made a bucket list promise to myself in 2013 that I will travel every year to a new country. Okay? I have succeeded basically every year. Now, when I say basically is because of the fact that in 2014 I went to five countries. Four, if you count the fact that the Cayman Islands is a territory instead of a country. Um... And in 2015, I didn't leave the country, uh, but I did go to Puerto Rico for the first time ever. And if you want to go, if you want to go crazy in the World Cup and in the the Olympics, Puerto Rico competes on its, on their own. So, haha, you know. <laughs> but do, doing what I did in 2014 evens out for 2015 by a lot, you know. And I'm making, I kept that, I've kept that promise so far. Uh, 2019, I'm still trying to figure out. It's probably going to be near the end of the year. Uh, you know, you got missionary and Joey numbers are talking about, you know, that group water.org to help donate money to help out 
providing clean water for other countries, which is a great deal. There's a program that I like called Four Ocean, the number four ocean, uh, where they do this thing called the Ocean Plastic Recovery, the OPR campaign, where they go out and they're cleaning out plastics and trash that's in the in the waters around around places. And they do it in Florida, they do it in California, but they got international ones. They do it in Haiti and Indonesia. And I'm thinking about volunteer, going, taking my vacation this year and going over there and helping out as part of a cleanup, you know, something like that. Um, I think it's a great campaign. Check it out. Um, but that's a standard that I have for myself. So the fact that I'm a cheapskate on so many other things allows me to be able to afford to take a trip. Plus, I'm a cheapskate because of on that as well. I found, you know, I took a cruise to the Bahamas in 2017. And what did I do? I found a way to get a cheaper deal. I found it. I, I, my two cruises I've gone on is Carnival. And I'm going to stick with that. You know, Royal Caribbean looks to be pretty good on some things. But, yeah. But... I was able to get me and my ex tickets for the cruise. It was half the time of what I did in 2014 where we did three places. You know, it was a seven-day trip. This one was a four-day trip. So that's half the time. Okay, so you think, okay, so half the price. Even it was a quarter of the price. In the end, I paid half price total for both me and my ex, you know, uh, because when I, the cruise I spent the first time for seven days, I was paying for myself only. And so I spent like a thousand dollars, but in this case I spent like four or five hundred dollars between me and my ex for the four day cruise. So I saved a lot of money. Uh, you know, I find ways to find the cheapest stuff if I can help it. Um, that's my standard though, is that I have to travel. It's a bucket list item, but it's a standard I have. I've set a standard for myself and for anybody around that knows I will be traveling. And if I end up in a relationship and if they want to come, then there's that bonus. If they don't want to go, I'm still going. And if they say you can't go, well, then when I come back, we're going to determine if we're still in the relationship because I've made that promise to myself. That is my standard. And I think it's a healthy standard, to be honest. But, you know, now that's a, now that's pointing out a standard that I think is fair. It's a bucket list standard is what I've made. And I think that's a reasonable one. People can make reasonable standards, you know, and that's okay. Now, we're going to talk about that when it comes to age. For example, I brought up the age standard. You know, how old do you expect to be at any of the items I've listed above? You know, there are people that say, you know, I must, at the age of 25, I have to have a house. I have to have a good paying job. I have to have two kids and a dog, white picket fence and everything. You know, like the traditional American dream, a quarter acre land of the American dream. You know, wife and two kids, a loving dog. You know, stuff like that. It's like the old standard of what the picture was, you know, which was the old picture. That's what they always put. That was the publicity. You know, the white picket fence house with a wife and kids and everything. That's this is the or husband and kids. This is the American dream. You know, um, there are people who have that mindset. I know I've known people that once they hit 30, it was like a midlife crisis. I'm about to turn 30 in a few months, you know. I'm going to look at it and go, finally, I'm 30. I ne- I don't have to say I'm in the fucking 20s anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to hit the mi- uh, midlife crisis. First off, I got like 20 years before I hit a midlife crisis. God help us. I mean, who knows? I could be having a midlife crisis right now because I could probably die before I hit 60. I don't fucking know. But <laughs> we don't we don't know. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, there are, you know, there were, I've known people that once they were getting closer to 30, every time they had their birthday, they were down or upset. And the reason was because they felt more. I got a friend of mine. She's 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 thirty one years old, thirty two maybe, and um, you know she's got a son. She loves him to death, but she's a single mom living in a mom's house while taking care of her son and trying to do better. She's got a job as a 
as a CNA, I think, or something. Not a registered nurse, I know that, but like a CNA, LPN, something like that, um, up in Washington State. And she, um, what do you call it? She was expecting more. She expected the fact that she'd have a house and a hu- and a husband and everything. Everything would be a stable household like that. And she she did have that. She was married to a buddy of mine in the army, uh, who was a piece of shit. You know, he was cheating on her and stuff like that. They were in the army, and you know, they got divorced while he was stationed in Missouri. You know, and shit like that. Uh, as soon as the divorce was finalized between the two of them, he married his girlfriend. Go fucking figure. You know, what a bastard. You know, but she did. That was the picture she had. And when she finally had all that married with a kid, having a house, granted, it was on army base on an army base. So it was an army house. But, you know, still, she thought she had everything. And now she's lost that. I had a friend, another friend of mine, one of my closest friends who she was she got divorced for the second time. All she's ever dreamed of being was a wife and a mother. You know, she's a spoiled, she's a super spoiled girl, fucking high maintenance. She's, she's the perfect person, the perfect target for this kind of episode. You know what I mean? Uh, but, and she pointed out, like she made the joke, I'm not spoiled. I'm just well taken care of. No, fuck you. You're a spoiled bitch. You know, she outright pointed out the fact that she told her last husband, I think she's married now for the third time. God help us all. Um, that now don't get me wrong. Sometimes you just swing and a miss and swing and a miss and you find someone, you know, I got a friend of mine. She's in, she's in her. She's not married to the guy yet, but she's potentially going into her fourth marriage, and she's just been screwed over. I don't know what happened with the th- the, th- the third one, but the first husband, you know, raped somebody while she was in the army. I was serving with her. Her second one was in our unit, and he cheated on her um, while she was pregnant, too. Go fucking figure. Um, and I don't know what happened to the third one, but they got divorced, you know, and she just – it was just she picked the wrong guys. My my former friend on the other hand, my former best friend that I'm talking about, she on the other hand picked guys who were not the best of guys, but she wasn't the best of girls either. And, um, you know, she just had all those high standards and everything. You know, that's what she was. So when she got divorced the second time, she, I, she went back home, back up to Alaska, and I visited for her to see her uh, right after, literally right after Christmas for um, over three years ago. Um you know, she felt like shit because she's living in her grandmother's house now downstairs in the basement. She has a high paying job, you know, but she was living there for the time being. She eventually got a place and everything. And then, and then, you know, was, and, and stuff like that moved on. And like I said, now she's, I think married and, uh, husband's in the air force and, uh, getting stationed overseas. That's all I know. Cause I'm still friends with her sisters. Um, anyway, but that was it. She had those high standards. She felt like the fact that, you know, now she's a double divorcee, living in a grandmother's house and stuff like that, having to go back to Alaska like it's the, the backup plan. And she hated that. And, you know, that, that was what she didn't So let's see what we got going on. Got a little bit of a glitch happening. I hope the audio sounds good. Apologies for this, everybody. But in any case, hmm. in in any such case is, um, but she had these problems. She had these standards, and and it cost her, you know. Because that's the other thing is that it goes back to the idea that the higher you are the the harder you fall. You know what I mean? I mean, you guys ever heard that before? 
Um, I mean, like, like let's think about this. Uh, you know, that she built her up so high that once things were going going bad, she collapsed hardcore, and that's what it was. And now she's mo- she's doing the same thing again, and hopefully she doesn't cheat on this guy. You know, now Wamba in the chat makes a good point. He said, talking about my one friend who got multiple divorces. You know, nah, man, she's got to take responsibility for picking lame duck guys. We all have to. I've had to do the same. I'm getting in. I kept getting involved with the wrong type of women. And that's the thing is I've wondered. Like, I try to – I want to take responsibility for myself. And the reason why I say it like that is because I've tried to figure out what my pattern is with all my exes. And the only pattern is that they're women. And that's not to say I'm a sexist thing. That's just me saying I still need to figure out what I'm picking. I have no clue. The only thing I know is that all my exes are women and most of the time they've ended bad and I'm still trying to figure out what it is that I'm doing because it can't just be the women because God knows how many successful marriages have happened over in time and history duh that's kind of how this whole society and civilization has been able to move forward so what is it that I'm doing wrong I don't know I gotta figure that out and I hate that I hate not knowing because I want to avoid these fucking bullets you know what I mean um but so back to the age thing, you know, people have this expectation, you know, I, I want to have a house, I want to have a car, I need to be retired after a certain point. In the military, if you enlist at the age of 18, you could do 20 years, and if they approve you for retirement, you're retired at the age of 38. That's pretty good. Now, your pension, you're probably only looking at a couple of grand a month, which is still awesome. But you don't really have much to look forward to for Social Security because you're dealing with the pension like that. So then you got to try to go and find another job and stuff like that. But you're doing pretty comfortable because $2,000 a month like that potentially and a pension and all that. So now you get the rest of the stuff and you're going from there. Um, but people have this expectation that once they hit a certain age, if they hit 30 and they don't have these things, if they don't hit 35 or 40. Now, I understand, like, you know, there were women I understand like that, you know, the idea like, okay, the biological clock is ticking. And I'm not trying to get into, like, that uncomfortable topic, but I'm pointing it like that because men, we don't have to worry about that. We could be 70, and if our, if our sperm was good at 50 or 30, it's most likely still good at 70, and we could still have a kid. I mean, Donald Trump. He's the president of the United States. He he has a what eleven twelve year old son, and he's seventy two. He 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 knocked up his uh his wife at fifty nine. He fifty nine. She's younger, you know. So think about that. That says a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, we don't have to worry about that. Women they do think about that, and that's understandable. You know, their clock they they start thinking logically that their clock could be from sixteen to thirty six. You know, and you can go farther than that. But there were people. You know, I was maybe what 40 something like that you know there are people who think this way and they, they 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 have those worries and stuff like that and so that's that's one thing for an age thing i understand because you know you realize you only have so long before you want to have a until you feel like you can't have a kid anymore you know and and men think that way too i mean every time i get older i do realize if i do have a kid if, right now i'm about to turn 30 in a few months let's say i turn 30 and I get a I get birthday sex, and turns out I knock up whoever it is that I'm with. At the age of thirty years and maybe ten months, nine months, ten months, she has a kid. That means that by the time move it to thirty one, that's two months, two three months, twenty twenty on top, it's fifty one. I will be forty nine years old when my kid graduates from college, uh, high school. If they go into the military like that, then bonus. If they go straight into college, that means I'll be 53 years old when they um, when they graduate 
uh, from college, 53 years old. Now, there's nothing wrong with that part, but that's the thing I got to realize, that the older I get and not having any kids, the older I'll be when these certain things will happen. You know, and the fact that my kids could be, you know, young, uh, younger and younger before certain things are happening to me, you know. Um, my grandmother, God bless her, and I miss her every day, you know, she passed away at the age of 90. Uh, she would have been 92 this year, you know. Uh, we just passed her birthday last month. My dad is going to be 56 this year. So he lost his mother at the age of 54. You know? Uh, 19, 17. She died in 17. Uh, uh, he, so he's 55 right now. So he lost her at 53. Now that's a moderate age to to lose a parent. You know? But the older you get without having a kid, you know, is is the is the worst it's going to be. Like my 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 dad was born in '63. My grandmother was born in '29. So she was 34 years old when um, when my dad was born. My dad was the third of four kids. Um, you know, so I that makes me realize the fact that I am. Within, if I was able to live to ninety, I have, you know, four more years before my, you know, if I were to have a, a kid, if I were to wait eight more years from now, my kid would be rough near fifty. If I died at the age of ninety, if I die at the age of eighty, they'll be at forty. If I die at the age of seventy, they'll be thirty. So I, no, that man's not right. Yeah, I mean, right now, if I were to have at the age of thirty, if I had a kid. If I would have died at the age of 60, they'd be 30. If I would have died at the age of 70, they'd be 40. You know? So think about that. The fact that my kid could be 40 years old if I, if I was lucky to see the age of 70. You know what I mean? So that's another thing. So people have an age standard for themselves. And they think like that when it comes to having a kid or a house or a retirement. Now, as I pointed out, some of those are fair. You know, when it's talking about because of the idea of the math I just did, people are having that thought process. That's okay. You know, some people want to start younger and everything. My great grandmother, <laughs> they pointed this out. My great grandmother was young when my grandmother was born. She fled Czechoslovakia. She fled right before the Germans came into Czechoslovakia. Was that thirty six or thirty seven? Because I remember in between the Sudetenland, um, German invasion of Czech of Slovakia. Uh, the occupation started in 1938. Was I think it was the Sudetenland in 1930? No, the, the Anschluss was in 1938. God, I'm, I'm way off. What were they doing? Uh, it was the Rhineland and stuff like that. Okay. Anyway, so 1938, she fled. She was born 1919. She was 19 years old when my grandmother was born. My grandmother had my uncle at like 17. So my grandmother was in her 30s. My great-grandmother, my great-grandmother was in her 30s when she became a grandmother. Think about that. You know, the wrestler, Batista, he's in his 50s. His daughter is well old enough and already has a kid and everything. Batista's been a grandfather for years now. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But, point that out. Batista was young when he had a kid, and his kid had a kid. He's in his 50s, and he's had a a grandchild for a while. Yeah. If you type in Dave B, Dave, Batista falls right after David Beckham. Ha ha. Yeah, Batista's 50 years old. And 
let's see, he's 50 years old. What's the other one? Before the age of 40, his uh, daughter had two sons. So he's been, so they're, they're in their tens right now, maybe teens possibly. So let's just say, you know, before the age of 40. So let's just say 38, 39 years old. He had, he had grandchildren, you know, that happens. And some people, they prefer that, you know? So, but there were people who want that as a certain standards of meeting before a certain age, whether it's a certain age, like, Anything before is too young. Anything after this is too old. You know, when it comes to having a kid or having grandkids or having a house or having a, having a, 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 a wife, a husband, you know, people set these high and low standards for themselves. There are people like me that don't worry so much, except I do think the long run. Should I do should decide to have kids? You know, I got to realize that the longer I wait, the older I will be. So I do need to I do think like that. Other than that, I don't worry so much. You know, I'm in no rush to have to just get married and find somebody and go from there. But there are people who do think like that. And it's not just because of the family. It's uh, the house. How much wealth? I must be. I must have a net worth of a million dollars before the age of uh, 30 or before the age of 40. There are some people who just they just come up with an idea and they think in their heads, maybe I'll hit a million dollars one day. Maybe I'll hit two million dollars. And the next thing you know, they're Jeff fucking Bezos. You know what I mean? Uh, some people just don't see it. Uh, Howard Schultz created Starbucks thinking it was going to do a decent thing for the Seattle area. Now look at it. The guy's looking at run, running for president as an independent. You know, uh, you got you, you got Zuckerberg who tried creating a social media app just to be able to connect between his friends and everything because Friendster was a piece of shit at the time. Remember, before MySpace, it was Friendster. And he now look at him. The guy is rich as hell and the guy makes pulls a lot of stuff and he's having to be interviewed by Congress because of certain things when it comes to cybersecurity. Um some, th- some people just have that, and maybe they're not planning that. Maybe they are planning it. Who knows? Um, but this is what's happening at certain points. So let's look on to let's move on to the next standard, and we'll get. I've been talking about marriages, and everything. Let's look at relationships, you know. And I pulled this up. You know, there are certain standards people have when it comes to relationships, and I'm going to name off everything at the off the bat. What looks that they have, you know. Um, you know, like, are they tall? Are they short? Are they chunky? Are they skinny? Are they brown hair? Are they blonde? Are they blue hair? Are they gray hair? Are they white? Are they black? Are they Hispanic? Are they Asian? Are they Christian? Are they Muslim? Are they atheist? Are they vegan? Are they meat eaters? Are they progressive? Are they socialist? Are they conservative? Are they libertarian? So many things are just the the looks and the ideology time and effort of your partner I mean how much time do you spend with them do you spend a lot of time with them do you spend no time with them are you with them every day are you with them almost no days of the week um gifts trips and expenses on you how much do they spend on me how much do I spend on them you know how often do we go someplace new how many do we just always stay home do we go to the movies all the time do we always go out to dinner are we always doing fancy events are we a more introverted couple that stays indoors or we do we go outside you know do that? Do do uh, do they expect me to spend this much money on them every month? Do I expect this much money? Do I expect this little money? Do they expect this little money? You know, uh, kids. How many? You know, how many do they want? Do they want one? Do they want two? Do they want twelve? Like Bret Hart, you know, being one of twelve kids. You know, do they do they want no kids? Um, do you want no kids? Do you want one kid? Do you want ten kids? Sex. How soon in the relationship? How often in the relationship? Do you wait? Like, does it happen immediately on the first date? Does it happen five months down the road? Three months down the road? Does it wait a whole year? Do you wait till marriage? You know, and then once you finally do it, how often? Is it one time a week? Is it one time a month? Is it three times a week? Is it every goddamn day? 
You know, what kind of sex? What kind of fantasies do they have? All these things encompass on the certain standards of a relationship. You know, and Chris Rock did a great bit talking about that, going so much into the standards that we have when it comes to sex. He said, uh, uh, what is it? Men can't go backwards sexually. Women can't go backwards in lifestyle. Now, that was him saying that. I think, in many ways, I do think that's kind of true. But I've seen flips on both sides for the record, of course. Um, Take another sip. This wine's getting better. Um, it's only my first glass today, so it's not even like I'm drunk and thinking, oh my god, it's delicious now. I mean, it's good, but it's like beer. Uh, every, when you get a new bottle, you gotta acquire the taste, and the more sips you get into it, the better. Um, but, and hey, Luke, how's it going? Sorry, dude. Um, but let's, you know, people have the, uh, let's, let's look into that, is that people will make these standards and everything that they're doing because... They demand certain things, you know, like like Chris Rock pointed out, men can't go backwards sexually. Once we get to do a certain thing that we want, that's how we roll. There were women who are like that too. Once they get certain way, that's what they want. Uh, you know, once you've tried doggy style, you've always got to do doggy style. Once you've done handcuffs, you need to always have handcuffs. Once you've been choked, you always want to be choked or choked back, whichever the fuck. I don't fucking know. I'm just thinking out why I like that. But there was, you know, people do have these certain standards because once you try something you really like, you want to always do it. And you may have a new partner that thinks it's weird. You know, I had, I had, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I've had some exes before who were into some weird things and I'm not going to go off on a hardcore crazy thing, but like, you know, I have one girl who liked the idea of getting smacked in the face. I'm not going to cause a goddamn black eye just because it turns you on. No. Okay? Sorry. Spanking the ass is one thing. Smacking your, th- your face? No. God damn it. But there were things like that. People have certain standards and turn-ons. And that's okay because whatever's a pleasure for us, we all learn certain things. You know, And it kind of goes back to the same thing when it comes to drugs is that once you're exposed to something that you like, you want to keep doing it. You know, and the same thing goes into into standards and sex and lifestyle and so much of that. And we have high standards, and that is outright legit. That is, you know, and and Vic is saying in the chat, sorry, no variety is what keeps it fresh, not the same old stuff every time. That is a perfect statement right there, Vic. You know, you you want variety is the best thing. You know, you can't have vanilla ice cream every day. You need to have Rocky Road or chocolate chip, mint. Pistachio, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't like pistachio. Maybe, maybe cherry Garcia, whatever the fuck, you know. Every every day is something different, and if you want, and I completely agree with that. I just can't smack you in the face, you know, not hard like that, you know. Quick, like you know, joke, love tap or something into the face. I mean, they're just goofing around. That's one thing, but it's like, no, hit me. It's like you know, like what is like the joke and everything. Come on, hit me. No, 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 no. Ugh. I can't do it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like, that's the shit, though. But, like, you know, what do you, you, you know, um, what do you call it? But that's the thing is that we have certain things in a relationship where we expect how much time do we spend together. I'm the guy that I can see a girl once or twice a week and be good at the same time. I can live with them every day of my life and be good. I'm not losing my mind. You know, I've, I've had an, I had an ex that if I spent half a day not talking to her, she's upset and everything. You avoided me. It's like I was at fucking work. 
I'm sorry I can't text you. God help me if something like that pops up again with my current job. Because I'm not allowed to bring my cell phone into work. That's one of their standards and everything, which is fine. You know, listen to music, keep myself busy with work, whatever. It's actually a good thing. Helps wean me off of the fact of the fa- that I'm trying to stay off of my phone a lot and off social media. Psychologically, it's a big benefit, trust me. But, um, you know, but that's how it is. Like, I've had exes like that. And there, were, there were guys like this, too. I'm not, this is not just fucking women. I know guys do this. I have seen it. Wow. I've seen people outright go like this. Like, they have to hear all the time, you know. Uh, quick side note, Wombat just chatted. You know, I'm all about variety. If I need to disrespect a girl so she can get off, she's she got to go. We won't be compatible slapping each other again, et cetera, et cetera. Um, does nothing for me. See that right there, because that right there, that that shows. Because here's the thing: the difference between variety and at the same time doing something they like because they like it, and you're okay with it, and doing something that they like because they like it, but it it's it you don't like it at at all. Now, there's a couple of different standards. You know, you could be a meat eater, and she could be a vegetarian, or he could be a, a vegetarian and she's a meat eater. Now, it's like you go out to dinner and they say, look, just when we go out to dinner, just please don't eat meat. Okay. Get a nice pasta. You get a rigatoni or a tortellini, a cheese tortellini. Mm. Oh, God. A tortellini alfredo. Delicious. I could do that. See that right there? It's like, okay, the standard is don't eat meat while we're out for dinner. I'm going to get a nice pasta. I'm going to enjoy this. And that's good. But if they go off and say, no, you have to, at the same time, you have to have this salad with me because that's what I'm having you have to have all this spinach and kale it's like okay I'll do it one time but god damn it I'm not going to do it every time you know let me enjoy my freaking rigatoni you know you know that right there because that, now you're putting yourself in a spot with your standards where your partner has a certain standard and it's such a severe turnoff or a displeasure for you that causes a negative it's like look what's the what's the standard you say don't eat meat okay I want fucking rigatoni can I have my goddamn rigatoni? Can you quit bitching about it like that? Look, I will order a side salad. I will get a little bit of kale if it will shut you the fuck up. Okay, dude? Okay? You're my boy. You're my boyfriend. You're my man. You know, and I'm, pl- I'm pretending I'm a girl right now. Yep. You're my man, and you don't want me to eat meat. And even though I think that's a little, you know, a little metro, you know, because I kind of like a big strong man and everything, and it's a little weird. But, you know, you got, I mean, you got your muscles and everything, but, you know, just a man that doesn't eat meat, what's wrong with you? But, you know, I embrace you. I love you. I have you. You're a rack in the sack and everything. I'll, but let me have my rigatoni. I like pasta. Let me have some pasta while you enjoy your kale. Okay, baby? You know, I did that a little rather too well. I probably could have tried a little harder, and it would have been all natural. Who knows? As I drink wine, God help us all. Screw you, I like my wine. Anyway, um, but th- th- that's right there. We're having the standards, and in a relationship standard, we're expecting a lot out of a partner while doing not a lot for us. Now, what I mean by that is in this standard, if you are a vegan or a vegetarian and you're going to eat a salad, it's easy for you. You already get, you get what you like. You have your standards, you're comfortable with it, it's your lifestyle, and you're partaking in what you enjoy. But now you're demanding what they enjoy. That, 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 there's nothing wrong with the whole baby. Try this, you know. This is gonna be good, you know. Trying something's okay. You gotta try something new. I did that with an ex one time. Gotta try bread pudding. Surprisingly, she fucking liked it. Um, but when you're demanding that they must partake in it completely, that's a problem. And that same thing goes with our standards in our life and everything. Like if they want, if you if you're in a relationship and they want something modest, but you need 
exuberant. I need stained glass windows on, as if the Vatican, this was the Vatican. I need to pretend this is the Sistine Chapel. I need a big house. I need a house that is so big that Beyonce looks at it and goes, damn. You know, that, that, now that's the problem is that now you're in a quarrel, severe quarrel. The standards between two people is a problem. Now, and when you, already, when you only have your own personal standards, that's one thing. But when you're pushing your standards and other people have to do it, that's a problem. It's kind of ironically because that's what's going on with vegetarians and a lot of other people in the political world right now. Um, but I'm not going to get into that. But that's what we see. You know, when you push your standards on other people, now we got a problem. You know, when it's your own standards, okay. If it's a detriment to you, it's hurting you. Hopefully, it doesn't hurt anybody else. When you're pushing a relationship, now we got a problem. Um, work standards, um, the amount of pay, what kind of job are you having, what kind of rank or pay grade. What kind of office do you want? You know, do you expect to just have a cubicle? Do you expect to have a separate office with walls and a door? Do you expect a big office with a couch you could fit in and a whole bunch of other stuff? Do you do you expect to have such a big office space that the CEO of Lockheed Martin and the Secretary of the Interior looking at you going, "Holy shit, this is an office. I got a lounge in here." Call out their secretaries and be like, "Yeah, I need a couch. I need this kind of TV. I need this kind of table." And um, don't ask why, but I need a stuffed peacock because this son of a bitch got it. You know? That right there. And Vic, side note, Vic saying it has to be in the moment, though. That could be a turn on. Uh, yeah, sometimes in the moment, shit happens. Um, you know, I was just picturing a Dave Chappelle joke because of that. Uh, come in the fishbowl. Okay. Oh, shit, they're eating it, son. Um, God damn, I love that joke. God, Dave Chappelle's funny. Anyway, um, that right there, people have those standards of what kind of job. Now, I'm going to admit something. I have that myself. I am guilty of that. I'm not expecting, like, okay, I need to, like, my job standard is I need to become an ambassador. I need the president to call me up and tells me that I need to be given the rank and title of ambassador and that I'm going to a country. My standard, I don't care what country. That's where I'm, I'm okay. That's where I'm low standing. I don't need to be the ambassador at Rome for the Italian government. I don't need to be the ambassador to the court of St. James in London. I don't, I don't need that. Give me whatever. Get, make me an ambassador for Burkina Faso. I'm cool. You know, it's like, look, see, I'm low standard right there. I don't care. Make me the ambassador to Caribous. You know, it's an island nation that's literally sinking, okay? So just let me have that. I'm okay. You know, there were people like that. There, there, there were people that will have that. You know, and that's a little far-fetched on like that, but you move up in the ladder and the ranks and everything, eventually you're going to have that. But there are people who have that. Uh, I thought after three years in the Army, I would be a sergeant. That was my thought. I ended up getting out of the Army after four and a half years as a corporal. So I didn't meet that standard. Now, part of it was because I was against going to college. Um, I have a college degree now. I still have my reservations, and I'll be the first person to tell people college ain't everything. Literally, it's not. Go, go get your education if you want it, but it's not everything, you know. There are people I knew that had to stand. I had to have a degree by this certain point. I had to be a, I had to be a sergeant or a staff sergeant by this certain point. You know, I, I knew a sergeant I served under back in Alaska. They had these NCOERs, non-commissioned officer evaluation reports. That's how they evaluate sergeants every three months, if I remember right. could be every month, but I remember it being like every three to six months. Um, and it would help them when it was going up for their next promotion and everything. And... She was like, you know, if I don't get fucking fives at this point, at this next one, then I'm not going to have a goddamn chance of becoming a staff sergeant. I remember that. 
And um, I think she got a five for everything except one was a four. And that's not the worst thing in the world, but like she expected fives because she thought she was that glorious. And in many ways she was. You know, she was a bitch in some ways, but she was good in many other ways. Look, if you told me that I was going to be forced back into service because I was going to be serving under her in combat, I wouldn't say she's my first sergeant I would think about, but goddamn, she'd be one of them. I would have no problem like that. You know, I know she'll keep me alive. Hopefully. <laughs> Depends if I piss her off that day. <laughs> No, but she see, she's a good sergeant. She was a like a bodybuilder in some ways as well, you know. Her husband was in our unit too. He he's a great guy. He was more relaxed on her though. Um and they did like, you know, bodybuilding kind of stuff. You know, she did the spray paint, did the contest and everything. She wasn't like a freaking Miss Olympia. This was like a mixture between being muscular and sexy is what she had. So it was kind of what it was and you know, so that's kind of what they did. Like you had to be a feminine Fitness, you know, um, and she did good stuff, but, um, honestly, I didn't like it when she did that stuff. She was better looking just in regular civvies when she got, I, I can't stand those competitions. I, I, they're just, they're just now like, I hate Mr. Olympia. It's just weird shit to be honest at that point. I mean, yeah. Okay. You got half a percent of body fat. Congratulations. I can see all your veins. You can crush a watermelon, dude. You can't have sex at that point. You know, your, your balls are probably slivered to nothing. Because God knows you probably done steroids or something, you know. But um, now don't get me wrong. There were times when I was really muscle-bound. I was really good in the past. Now I got a stomach. So whatever. Um, so I'm not hating like that. Go for it in that aspect. But um, um, but they had a certain expectation. They needed a certain job, you know. Like I mentioned the whole blue-collar and white-collar thing. People will have that problem as well. I have to have an office job. I can't be a plumber. Now, here's where I'm going to admit I'm guilty, okay? I served in the Army. I served in Iraq. I graduated from the MP school, from the military police school. I did law, other previous law enforcement and corrections work, and I was a graduate of an academy. You know, I, you know, I, I, um, I got a college degree. So my, my mom is under the mindset of just go get a job at Home Depot. I'm thinking to myself, no, I hold more value in that. And it's not a negative like the idea of just get about people working at Home Depot. I don't think I'm better than them at that, no. But I did have a certain expectation about that. Everything I'm done, I think I could be able to get a higher paying job and doing a better kind of work, you know? Because at some point, you do, when, when you have – here's the thing is that there's a difference between having the highest of standards and expecting so much and just declaring a valid self-worth. That's the only thing I'm getting at. If you now, if you at the same time, you could look at something and say that that's not a lower value, and that's okay. There are people who will spend their entire life keeping a low-level job. Like here's one thing, I never understood. I've mentioned before I was a corrections officer for a short stint in Alaska. I can't understand how people could do 25 years as a as a corrections officer, never take a promotion as sergeant, never want to see lieutenant, never do any of that stuff, and just stay as an officer and retire. I don't get law enforcement officers that stay as an officer or a deputy, sheriffs that just stay a deputy, don't even want to bother even seeing the rank of corporal for the most part. I don't get that. I don't get how you want to stay at the bottom rank the whole time. It's like, well, I mean, I enjoy the idea of being a beat cop. I enjoy being the work of being a basic CEO, and I can understand that part. But to not even take a one promotion, a sergeant 
still does all the duties of an officer. Just they were first-line supervisor at this point. Or they have more responsibilities. But they're still basically a beat cop. You try to find almost any situation where you don't see a master deputy or a corporal or a sergeant involved on it. Now, okay, we're talking a speeding ticket. That's one thing. But anytime there's an accident, there's an investigation, a sergeant, a corporal, or a master deputy is going to be on location at some point as well. You know, So I never just understood that. That's the one thing I don't get. But there are people who do that. So I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I can't do it. You know, if I go back in, if I were to ever go back in like law enforcement or corrections, son, I can't, I can't, I, I can't be an officer the whole career. I have to, Mr. Utah, it's like NCO's not going warrant. See, that's a little different because you got to remember the maximum rank. I've heard some cases of master sergeant, but I think for the most part, sergeant for a class is the maximum rank you can go to becoming a warrant officer, uh, where you're allowed to apply for warrant officer. You know, there are people like, I don't want to be a warrant officer. I want to go and become a first sergeant or a sergeant major. Now, there are more ranks you can go. You know, I mean, if you're at a, if you're a sergeant first class, you've got E8 and E9. Now, there's multiple positions. You've got a master sergeant. You've got a company first sergeant. You've got a, a battalion sergeant major. You've got a brigade sergeant major. You've got a, co- a command sergeant major for a command, for a two-star command, maybe divisional, a corps, something like that, you know. But it's like, so they see every single one of those as a promotion. I know that outright. We had a, our son major in Alaska was a fucking asshole. Fucking big problem, Epps. Sergeant Major Epps. Um, and he got, he came to us as a battalion command sergeant major being fired from being the pre, a command sergeant major for another battalion. They said to him, this is your last chance. If you can't succeed and do a successful rotation as a battalion command sergeant major here, you will be forced into retirement. You'll never see a brigade command sergeant major position. He ended up becoming an acting brigade sergeant major for a while, and he kind of evened out with the last one, the way they sent him to a third battalion, another battalion, I think. Um, you know, he, uh, but yeah, you know, there, but you know, you could be a mass, you could just see it as like, okay, I'm an E7, I only got two more ranks to go, E8 and E9. But if I go warrant officer, I can even out, I can become a chief warrant officer three and already see a third promotion beyond. You know, people evaluate it like that. There are people who evaluate it by the position, though. You know, becoming a first sergeant is a promotion over a master sergeant. They're the same pay grade, you know, but one's a command position. You know, it could be a sergeant major who's a staff position in the Army, um, in the Marine Corps, the staff position, or the master position like that as a master gunnery sergeant, or, and, or they'll become a command sergeant major, you know, stuff like that. Um, and that goes into the standard. You know, I thought my original stand I don't want to call it a standard, it was a goal. My goal when I was in the when I was first joining the army was I hoped to see command sergeant major. I never thought I was going to become sergeant major of the army, but I had hoped that I could stay in. I was going to stay in the army as long as possible until they said you were too old to be active. So I would have switched to the army reserve until they said you get into the age there, and that would have been like okay, I'll look at the national guard. You know, I want to make command sergeant major, and I want to stay in as long as possible like that. You know, um, but. You know, it, it just didn't work out like that. You know, I ended up getting out on medical after four and a half years and got, got retired as a corporal. I served as a brevet sergeant for the State Defense Force in Alaska, which is the military reserve force for the National Guard. If you live in a, if you want to serve again or serve period and, you know, you couldn't meet certain standards with the Army or any of the military like that, check your state and see if they have a state guard or state defense force. They're the exact equal as a National Guard in many ways. They just don't deploy to combat. They stay here, but they deploy to disasters. Hurricane Katrina, Superstorm Sandy, 9-11. Uh, the recent floods in South Carolina in the last couple of years, uh, Hurricane Irma, Maria, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Texas, South Carolina, New York, Georgia, Mississippi, California's got a good one. Maryland, they're doing pretty bad, though, uh, but they got it. Virginia, 
Indiana, Ohio, so many others, so many others. Uh, New Mexico, they got one, but it's very small. Washington's trying to rebuild theirs. Alaska's got a great one. I know the colonel in charge of that. Puerto Rico's got an amazing one. Anyway, but these are the standards people have. I need to meet a certain rank after X amount of years, you know. Uh, and, and, and now here's the thing is that if you – like I've, done, I've been at the bottom so many times on a certain kind of work or whatever. You know, I mean if you spend all this time in law enforcement and then you moved into accounting, you can't be like, well, I need to be a regional manager. Motherfucker, you don't have the experience, okay? Stop. Shut up. Um, but if you got all this experience and you know you're worth to be a higher pay grade, then you petition for that and you go from there. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's okay. So, you know, and then it's like they have to have a certain kind of office that I mentioned before. They have to have a certain kind of job. The business cards, it needs to be looking professional looking. I need to have this. And the and so let, let's get on to the final part of this. I mean, if there's another form of topic in standards, I want you guys to message in the chat room in Mixler and just point it out what, any kind of other stuff. You know, I mentioned wealth. I mentioned possessions, age standards, work standards, relationship standards, any ones that I missed. But let's look at this last section basically for me. Uh, pros and cons of standards. You know, I've talked about that bits and pieces here or there. And we can get into that is the pros and cons of a standard. See, here's the thing. If you have... You got. It goes back to the idea of moderation. If you have too high of a standard, you won't get what you. You may not never see what you want. Now, at the same time, it, it's the same as gambling. High risk, high reward. If you could pull off getting the higher job and you become successful at it, the reward is amazing. It was a high risk because if you didn't do good enough, they may demote you or fire you or whatever, and you'll never get a chance again. Um. You know, maybe, but if you also, here's the other thing is that low risk, um, you may never see anything successful enough. You know, you may never get what you were wanting if you're just always lower. You know, there are people like, you know, they never take the risk or something. Maybe they're the, you know, the officers that I mentioned that, like the police officers, they just stay as an officer. Maybe it's they want to become a, a sergeant. Maybe they want to maybe one day see detective or lieutenant or whatever, you know, but they just never take a shot. They just, they're just afraid. They don't want to make a risk. They just, whatever. And they're like, oh, I'm just waiting to see what pops up, you know? And there are people like that. And the problem is if it's low risk, low reward, if you always go for low risk stuff, you can get low reward. And that's okay because here's the thing. Nickels and dimes add up to dollars. So if you do a number of, um, if you do a number of um, low risk items or dollars and cents and stuff like that, you know, you could end up equaling equaling up the money, you know? Let me see. What was the music for that? Yeah, there's that for the game. Uh, perfect. Okay. Uh, Mr. Angelo? Mr. Angelo? Uh, yes? Mr. Salieri sends his regards. Thanks. I'm going to bring this up uh, in a second. This is the ending to the movie, to the game Mafia. Love that game. Um, I'm going to bring this up in a second uh, because what he said in the ending is a good thing. So the whole premise of this is the 1930s, former cab driver turned mobster Thomas Angelo ends up talking to a detective and confesses to everything, spends some time in jail, and then goes into witness protection during the war and stuff, after the war and everything. Um, this is the 1950s of this, the early 50s, where... He ter he talks about all the stuff that he did for the mob and some of the big cases and missions and crimes and stuff like that they had done, and he gets his whole family thrown into jail. 
after his best friend's killed and his other friend stays loyal to the Don rather than to him. The world isn't run by the laws written on paper. It's run by people. Some according to laws, others not. It depends on each individual how his world will be, how he makes it. And you also need a whole lot of luck so that somebody else doesn't make you. life hell. And it ain't as simple as they tell you in grade school. But it is good to have strong values and to maintain them in marriage, in crime, in war. Always and everywhere. I messed up. So did Polly and Sam. We wanted a better life. In the end, we were a lot worse off than most other people. You know, I think it's important to keep a balance in things. Yeah, balance. That's the right word. Because the guy who wants too much risks losing absolutely everything. Of course, the guy who wants too little from life might not get anything at all. That right there is probably the best way to end off when it talks to the idea of standards and everything. I probably could have held that off later till the end of the conclusion, but that, that right there is a good thing. You know, it's it's outright true. If you put – here's the thing is this is where the pros of high stance and high expectations are. If you shoot into the moon, you get closer to getting to the moon than those who never shoot to the moon. Now, I pointed out that before. You know, you're trying like I'm going to build a rocket ship and we're going to go to the moon. Okay. You immediately have better odds of getting to the moon than your neighbor – who never plans on shooting to the moon or wanting to build to, to um, a sh uh, be part of anything where building a ship or getting on a spaceship or anything to go up to the moon because you have the intentions of going up there. You may only get 10 feet off the ground, 20 feet off the ground, 100 feet off the ground. You may be able to build a ship or a missile something that you get in. The damn thing flies 1,000 feet into the air, a mile into the air, but then shoots back down and explodes and crashes and you die. But you got closer to the moon than everybody else around you who did not partake in anything or never wanted to to the moon. This is where a pro is of high standards and high expectations. You expect more, so your odds are better. You know, there are people who just settle. They, I'll just settle down with this okay-looking girl, this okay-looking guy. I'm going to settle down with this okay house. I don't need a lot of wealth. You know, I don't need the nicest of cars, stuff like that. Okay, fine. You, and that can be good, and they can enjoy it, and they can love their life, and that's what they want, and that's what they got, and they are completely happy with what they got. So they won what they wanted. To you, you feel they, di they didn't win, and to you, you feel that they didn't shoot far enough. Maybe they did want the other stuff. Maybe they did want this or that, but like I, ju I just settled. That's the key word. Settled means you gave up trying for high, and you'll take what you can get. You know, I've done this with stocks. You know, I had stocks where I was go stocks was going up and I had a higher value and I could have settled and taken the money I had there, but I kept shooting up and sometimes I, I ended up biting the bullet for that and it cost me. Or sometimes I ended up making out with more money and there's a plus right there. There's been also times where I did settle and the stock kept going up and I settled and I sold the stock and I was settling with the profit that I made, you know. Um, and that happens. I've had a stock where I sold because it was going down and I feared it was going to keep going down. I didn't want to lose more, whether it was in profits or just lose. I was already in the red anyhow. 
That's happened to me before. And then go figure. I sold. And what happened? The stocks ended up shooting back up. And I missed out on it. If I waited out, you know, I could have let it go down. I could have not worried about the panic. I couldn't go back up. High risk, high reward, low risk, low reward, high risk, low reward, low risk, high reward. Sometimes that happens, you know. Um, and there are those certain things. I mean, it could go down to little as the idea of taking the risk of asking a girl out, asking a guy out. You know, high risk, high reward. The problem is that people automatically declare it a high risk because we're nervous or we feel the rejection. We have a certain standard, we, stuff like that. Maybe it's like, I, I know, they have to ask me out. I can't ask them out. I'm better than that. That's a standard right there. The, the key thing is I can't say moderation. I can't. I can't say moderation is the right thing when it comes to standards because the fact is the standard is on the beholder. Every it's it's silly putty. It's molding. It's it's putty. It's something. It's something that molds around what fits you. What fit? And I'm not always an emotional investor, Vic. But I, it, emotion sometimes kicks in because I'm fearing about losing more. I'm thinking on the practical sense. Sometimes I sold stock and it kept going down. And my God, was I smart about it? Hey, the last time WWE took their their drop and everything, I sold my stock. I lost in some profits because I waited and thought it was going to build back up. Kept going down. I still made out with profits, and I was smart about that. You know, sometimes you got to get the economics like that. Um, but here's the thing: is that we can't. I can't tell you guys to do a moderation. Here's what I say: people always say. Hope for the best, plan for the worst. Why do they say that? Because they want you to be optimistic while always being at the ready. That right there could be molded into the same aspect when it comes to standards. Hope that the day can come. You know, what is it we hear about guys and everything? We want Scarlett Johansson. Or we want Jennifer Lawrence. We want to bang Megan Fox. Women. Ryan Gosling. Channing Tatum. Uh, the guy playing Aquaman. You know, women have those standards too like that. Um, they hoping and planning for that guy or that kind of looks and quality of a guy. He's got to be as rich as Channing Tatum. He's got to look as good as Channing Tatum. She's got to be as sexy as Scarlett Johansson. She's got to be as much fame notoriety as Scarlett Johansson. To be able to say that you're dating a famous person, you know, sometimes is what hits people. That's their standard. You know, I am one of the people that believes that Meghan Markle, while she, I bet she does legitimately love Harry in many ways, it's a control thing. People have said that she's a control-hungry person. She's always thought higher mighty than her, that she always expected she'd be a princess one day. And she got the closest thing possible. The only way she could have done more is if she was able to kick out Kate Middleton and marry Prince William. Because she'll never be a princess, because Prince Harry will never be the prince of goddamn Wales. You know, William will be. Right now, Kate Middleton is the Duchess of Cambridge. She'll always have that title. When Prince Charles becomes king... William becomes a Prince of Wales, she becomes a Princess of Wales. The only people that get the title of Prince and Princess are the children of the royal family. And if you're moving up to becoming the Prince or Princess of Wales, and I'm talking about the exact children of the the, the monarch, you know, like, like the Duke of York, his kids are maybe Prince and Princesses, I'm not sure. Um, uh, I don't know. No, they're not. No, because he, uh, there's Prince Edward and Prince Andrew. Because they're the children of the queen. Their kids will not be a prince or, or a princess. Um, you know, difference is standards versus fantasy. This is true, Vic. But the problem is people believe that if they shoot higher, you know, here's the fantasy, here's the fantasy reality point. Every single one of us in this chat room, 99.9% chance will never go to the fucking moon. Ever. But the people who do want to actually go to the moon, have better odds than us because they're trying. Whether they're trying to find a way to make the money so they can pay off 
uh, uh, SpaceX, or they're going to be part of the team so they can go up into space as a mechanic or even as a pilot. You know, there are people who join the Air Force or the Navy so they can become a pilot, hoping to do good enough one day to get into astronaut school. Legitimately, you know, and nothing wrong with that. They have infinite better odds of going to the moon than us automatically because that's their intention. Now, maybe it could just be like, uh, you know, traveling to every country on the planet. You know, I have better odds than most people because I travel every year. Now, it's like, what, 193 recognized countries in the eyes of the United Nations. I've been to Canada, the U.S., Mexico, Belize, Costa Rica. Canada, U.S., Mexico, Belize, Costa Rica, that's five. Ecuador, Jamaica, Cayman Islands is a territory that don't count. Bahamas, England, Scotland, Ireland, technically, France, technically, Switzerland, technically, Germany, Austria, technically, that that one more uh, more legit than the other technicals, but still, that's 15 right there, Iraq and Kuwait. I've been to 17 countries. I have better odds than the people who never leave the United States of going to every country because I travel. Maybe it's the idea, like, I just want to, you know, travel into every continent on the planet. The Middle East is part of Asia, so I've been to four continents. All that's left is Australia slash Oceania, Africa, and Antarctica. So I've got three more to go. If you've never left North America, the odds of you hitting all seven continents are much more than me because you're at one, and I'm at four out of seven. Now, this is not an ego thing. There were, I guarantee there were things out there that you guys have that are better than me. So I'm just trying to point out examples that I can relate to. You know, maybe it's like, maybe maybe somebody in here is like, I've been to 25 countries. You have better odds right now. I'm in the chase, but you have better odds of beating me at hitting every country on the planet. That right there. So I'm throwing it against me. Maybe uh, One of my dream cars, I want to get Eleanor, 1967 Ford Mustang Shelby GT500. I want a 1971 Chevelle SS black with double white paint strips on the top. Awesome. You know, if I never try to buy those cars, I could never have it. If you are saving the money to try to buy those cars, you have better odds. I got money saved up. I could pay off part of a car right now, either of those. But I'm not doing it. You know, I'd rather use my money for elsewhere. So I have lesser odds. Because it's not a priority of mine, and I'm not actively pursuing it. So odds are, if you're trying to buy the Eleanor and you're saving the money for the Eleanor, you have infinite better odds of getting the Eleanor before me because I'm not actively pursuing it. That's on me. So the only problem is, and I've been dragging this on. I'm going to finalize this conclusion after an hour and 20 minutes. you got to be realistic with your standards. But you got to be optimistic. Optimism is what shoots you to the moon. If there were things that you don't have a low standard on because it just doesn't, it's not a pertinence to you, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. If you're someone like, you know, I don't have to have the finest quality of New York pizza. I will buy Papa John's every day. I don't care. You know, I like Papa John's. It's delicious and the money is good. You know, fair price. You know, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I am being outright. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. And it's like my, my standards are on this stuff. You know, I have to have um, – I'm saving the money because I have to own a 2,500-square-foot house. You know, real women see a dude driving a car like that, and they think tiny white dick. Sometimes it's true. But there are girls out there, Vic, that also are car geeks, and therefore they love that kind of stuff. Now, I know girls I – had, I had a friend of mine who said if a guy's not driving a truck, he's not a real man. Guess what? 
I'm never owning a pickup truck. My personal belief is a pickup truck is a utility vehicle and should be used for that. Now, look, you may, let's say, okay, if you are a farmer, you're going to use the bed. Makes sense. If you, if, you, if, if you work as a carpenter, you're going to use the bed. You know, you have all these different things. You're a car geek. Okay, there you go. That too. But, you know, but there are girls out there who collect those things. There's a video. Has anybody ever seen the video of the guy with the uh, the stereo system? The, uh, what was that called? The stereo system orgasm or something? Um, there it is. This girl, she just... Oh, yeah. Extra long. She actually takes off her shirt and everything. That's hot. This The guy does an audio test of his bass system. Um, and she just gets, she gets an orgasm basically. Um, you're going to listen to her, re- her reaction afterwards. This is like the thing this is the standard, you know, she, this could be her turn on is that she loves stereo systems. I knew guys that they had pieces of shit, $300 cars with an $800 stereo system because that's what they liked. And the, the girls like that too. At this point, her her hair is rumbling all over like the like the wind, like her hair is in the wind. You can see she's breathing heavy. She can't handle it. That was just a thing I wanted to pull up, but legit, like that was her thing. I I got a friend of mine, one of the uh, one of my friends, you know, she's a, a girl I know and everything. I was always into her, and she was into me, but nothing ever happened. But guess what? You know, uh, what do you call it? When I got the Camaro, and I I took a video talking about because I was promoting the company that I bought the car through, which was BP, um, and I talked about it and everything, the pluses and everything. They loved the video. It turns out. And I showed what my car previously was, which I missed my challenger. She was a great car, and I showed the Camaro and everything. This one girl, who was a hot girl, she guess what her comment was? My pants just got wet. Like she was, she was getting off at the idea of the fact I already had her dream car because she loved challenges. She loves muscle cars. The fact that I now was getting a Camaro was just like you know, like this is the guy I got to be with. You know, go figure. Nothing ever. Came. I mean, she chickened out because she got into a panic mode of feeling like you know if things were to go bad, she'd lose my her friendship with me. I'm friends with a couple of my exes, so you know I'm not that kind of guy. I mean, depends on what happens. You cheat on me, bitch. You're on your own. Um, but, you know, in any case, um, but that's, that's the thing. So getting into the stands and I know it was a weird audio thing to point out, but that was the thing. Like she could, like the way she was reacting and everything, first of all, it was her body reaction, but maybe she just loves stereo systems in the base and everything. That's her thing, you know? So she held a high standard for that. She doesn't care if it's in a good car or a cheap car or whatever. I mean, maybe she has a certain standard with that. That's the thing. Value a standard that you have and value it properly, but don't, 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 um, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? Not desecrate. Don't compromise your, your standards. You know, don't, don't, don't make them worth less. If you have certain standards that you feel are valid and you're going to wait out because you have these certain standards, you're going to try and shoot for these things. Shooting to the moon is a good thing. Having certain standards is a good thing. But don't try to shoot to the moon if you're not trying the proper stuff, if you don't think you're capable. Don't shoot 
into the mindset that I will have this executive job where I'm the boss of this big company. I knew, I knew people that they want to be the boss, but they just want to run like a coffee shop. You know, they just they want some small, maybe five employees. I know people that that you know they wanted so much more. It's the same as the mil- military mindset. Is that there were people who want to be in charge, but they're commanding a squad of sixteen soldiers, and there were others who thought they'd be commanding thousands upon. And that was that was legitimately Winston Churchill, my hero in politics. Winston Churchill always dreamed of leading millions of troops in the battle. Whereas in World War One, after the desecration of what happened to him with the Battle of Gallipoli, he's trying to rebuild his uh, his name and everything into a positive sense. He de- he took his territorial military commission and brought it back in- active, and he went to, to World War One. He went into combat as a major and eventually as a lieutenant colonel. He was commanding a battalion of 800 men, and he did great. He realized he had the power in the stomach to handle battle and being in battle, which was great, and it helped him for his future. But the guy dreamed of commanding millions of troops, and he had a mere 800, you know? Eventually, he commanded the entire military because he was prime minister during both World War II and the Korean War. But he um, that was the thing for him. He felt like a letdown that he was commanding less than 1,000 troops, whereas there were many people who would just be honored to have that. So that's a standard. That's a great standard of a great man. A great man who had more heads of state attend his funeral than any other head of state or leader in history. The only person that comes close is Nelson Mandela. Uh, Nelson did great for his funeral. He was well-loved and respected, as he should have been. But that right there, proper standards. You know, Find a proper standard. Be realistic, but keep your optimism. Because if it's a legitimate standard, there's nothing wrong with having a high standard if you realize you could do it. But don't think you could become the next Tiger Woods if you're never trying to perfect golfing. Don't just think I'm going to be the next person and just immediately just so, just go play in tournaments. You got to practice. You're going to hit some bogeys, dude. So we're hitting an hour and a half. I hope you guys appreciate this. Um, check out all of our social media. You know the WNC Network on Facebook page, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter is at the WNC Network. Go to WNC World and you will see the updated website that we now have with all the stuff. I'm trying to put more information up on there as we can. Um, showing the stuff going on for all the different shows uh, that's part of the family. You know, get in the corner is um, we're working with to get in the Transcontinental Project with Sensible Sam and um, what do you call it? Sam and uh, and Luke Birch. You know, you got the reality check with me, Dave, Papa Dave, Corvin, Jenkins for the Super Party. You know, every so often I'll be on it. I was supposed to be on this week, but this last week, but, you know, shit happens. Um you know, you can go to the About Us and see all the shows in the schedule, show when they're supposed to happen, a description about them. Um, you know, check out our boys, It's Pathetic with Scott and Rye Bread. Um, you can check out Wrestling Soup, Don Tony, Kevin Castle Show, if you enjoy wrestling and a lot of other good stuff. You know, so many different shows for us. I mean, this that, that's the good thing. That, that's what I love is that this family of, sh- of shows, this network that we are as we're trying to build. I'm hoping that the day could come, whether it's through me learning the skills and everything, which will take a lot of work because uh, I'm not the greatest in, the, in this kind of audiovisual stuff, but I've gotten better over the years. Uh, whether it's through my learning or through a different company or whatever, I'm hoping to have a website where we could post all the episodes. Like you could just go there like a like a, like a a Radio Public or a Mixcloud or something, our own separate thing. And at the WNC Network. Maybe there's going to be an app one day. I would like to see that. That's shooting to the f- moon. 
That's that's not a high standard. It's a high goal. You know, but stuff like that I'd like to see where you can just go in. It's a one-stop shop. You could see wrestling at the um, WNC Breaking News. You could see the Super Party talking about some wrestling and other stuff there. You could check out comedy with Get in the Corner or the Super Party. You could check out news and other stuff going on with the Transcontinental Project. Um, it's pathetic with Scott and Rybread. I want to see all the shows there. All the shows in this conglomerate, you know, of this one system that I want to see one day. So that's a goal of mine. So, but I'm going to get on out of here. I hope you guys um, enjoyed yourself. And... Yeah, I got nothing. So, uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, point being, the whole point of the synopsis for using the song in the end is the most pessimistic mindset is matter your standards in you know I tried so hard and got so far but in the end it doesn't even matter I had too far but lo- to lose it all but in the end it doesn't matter it's the idea of, like you tried you did so much or whatever but in the end it just doesn't it, it just didn't matter you just it, you got nothing you ended up with nothing. that's a pure pessimistic mindset but it's like in many ways that's kind of true because the belief is that we all die we can all go to heaven or hell or purgatory or we're gonna be reincarnated as a fish. You know, I'm just making a joke like that. My luck, I'm going to be, if, if reincarnation is legit, people, and I do believe someone in reincarnation, my luck, I'm going to be reincarnated as a goldfish that's fed by his five-year-old fucking kid trying to teach a lesson to by his parents on how to take care of an animal. Fuck me. That'll be my luck. Um, that's purely pessimistic. <laughs> but, no, I mean, that's also a legit thing is that the idea, like, you know, whatever it is that we all just... We could go to the same place. We can go nowhere. It could be just pure atheistic. Maybe we just we all just die and our souls just die and there's nothing. Who who knows? In the end, we all die. It goes. There's a saying from House. The first epi- something said in the very first episode, and what was titled for the first episode and the other half was the title for the last ever episode of House. Everybody lies. Everybody dies. And as pessimistic as that sounds. When you have high standards and you think you're better than others because you have these standards and you're demanding this and stuff like that, in the end, we're all going to lie some things and we're all going to die. And that's a negative thing to look at in many ways, and God knows I don't want to die anytime soon, but it is a good point. So get off your high fucking horse if you think you're better than people. Keep yourself at a high value, but don't think it, but don't get it on an egotistical sense because then you get in a messed up way. So, uh, but yeah, with that, talk to you guys later.